2: I am Tammy Slay and I'm the moderator here. And um, I also am a team leader and a broker owner with Hip Realty Group and a master coach with Workman. But Pete, y'all did not come to hear from me. You came to hear from Josh and Brooke because they are the powerhouses in the house today. And we're going to start with Brooke Signs. Brooke Signs is a senior coach with Workman Success Systems. She's been with Workman, um, I believe, longer than I've been with Workman. Brooke is just woven into the threads and the fabric of workmen. She is a self-proclaimed OCD when it comes to systems and organizations and processes. And a couple of interesting facts, if you don't know about Brooke, is she is the team leader of two teams in two different states. So she runs two teams, one out of Michigan and the other out of North Carolina. And she is with REMAX as well. Um, She's also the mother of two, and she has some amazing travel experiences with her family. Welcome, Brooke.
0: Is there anything I missed that you would like for people to know about you? No, I think you said more than I would like them to know. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. That was a really nice introduction. I appreciate that. And it's my pleasure to be here.
2: Well, thank you for joining us. And next up, we have Josh May, who is the team leader with REMAX of Grand Rapids of the May Group. And when, um, probably one of the first times that I really got to know Josh, what stood out to me was his focus on physical and emotional health. Josh is very, very, um, i would say puts a lot of significance within his culture of his team on his team members and ensuring that they have successful lives but part of that success is really focused on emotional and physical health and he is also the father of four count that four and um i know he, Think like more. And um, he has a daughter that just um started horsemanship, I believe. And um, we talked about that the other day. Welcome, Josh. Is there anything that I missed on
1: that? No, I think uh, that was a great introduction, Tammy. I'm excited to be here with you and Brooke and everybody else, and you know, as is kind of a longtime uh veteran in this business and, and team leader. I'm I'm we talked about a little bit before about. We're just ready to be real and honest and kind of lay things on the line and, and learn from, uh, you know, positives and negatives. And I do appreciate the, um, the intro on the personal development side, because I've had to work really hard at that, you know, and, and people say, and I learned this, uh, I heard this once that you can't take care of other people until you can take care of yourself, first and foremost. And that has always stuck with me being a team leader um, on the mental and physical side. So I'm excited to share some things today.
2: Well, I I remember when we first started speaking about that and how impressed that made me and because, and I can only speak from my own personal experience but it, um, I know a lot of women that spend a lot of time and, and openly speak about that. I have not found a lot of men that openly speak about the importance of personal development, physical and emotional development, and I commend you for being a voice in that arena and for men to also put that as precedence and um, it seems to be um, more um, women who talk about going and taking that self care And so I appreciate you speaking and raising that awareness on self-care within men, because that's also very important. Um, all right. So welcome, everybody. I see the chats are going and um, we're going to start this off just with um, a little direction, depending upon your position. As And, and we're going to share our screen in a moment and look at this study and really break it apart and dig down deep in it. Um, if you're a broker owner um, of a franchise or an independent office, you should be coming to this call with the knowledge that Agents either within your office or agents you may recruit or agents in the marketplace, they are at some point in their career going to consider either joining a team or creating their own team and becoming a team leader. So as a broker owner myself, it's important for me to be aware of that because I am in a position where I get to choose Do I want to be a part of that consideration? So be thinking about that as a broker owner um, or an owner of a company or the broker of a franchise office. Do you want to be considered in the decision of the agents in your marketplace when they're considering whether to join a team or to start their own team? And as a team leader, I'm going to open this question up to our panelists because they are both dynamic team leaders and they've been in the industry a very long time. And Josh, I'm going to lead in with you here. Um, what? Why would it be important for a team leader, an existing team leader, um, to pay attention to these survey results? And what kind of mindset should they be coming in with?
1: Right. Yeah, I think, you, I think you need to look at this from a, a couple different perspectives. Obviously, if, as team leaders, um, you know, one of the biggest things we need to focus on is retention, right? Like trying to create something with high turnover is not going to be an efficient use of any of our times, right? Um, so retention is absolutely critical in the finding of these studies and really stay, taking a step back and understanding, okay, am I implementing some of these things in my my business? Am I giving this to my team members? Or if I'm not a team leader necessarily yet, or I'm starting a team, what do I need to think about as far as retention? But that also goes hand in hand with recruiting, right? So we need to understand if we're going to go out and find whether it's our first agent or whether it's our 15th agent, having the knowledge of what agents are thinking uh, through these studies is is critical. So retention, recruiting. I personally love the retention side in, in this study. I think about it all the time. So those would be a couple of key points.
2: I love it. Thank you for that and great insight, Brooke. Anything else you'd like to add? As a, you know, someone who runs two teams, why would this be important um, for other team leaders, and where should they be coming in with their mindset?
0: I think as workman success systems, we always talk about using the wisdom of the crowd. So why reinvent the wheel? And I think Josh said it perfectly on looking at retaining and recruiting. We don't want to always be hiring or taking on or let's say replacing team members. It It's hard enough to recruit and recruit in the right way and then to do exactly what Josh to retain them, but then also let's learn from each other and look at this study and say, okay, if communication is number one, or we've got different things that we could do to do better in our roles, then why not?
2: We are going to hold, at the end of this, you're going to see a slide with a QR code where you're going to get some free downloads, not just this study, but some other things as well. So just hang out, bear with us as we go through this. Um, So we talked about broker owners, we talked about team leaders, we need to talk about team members, because we have a lot of team members that are also on this call. And we're going to be digging into a study that often, I would say, probably gets overlooked about the power of it for team members. So what should team members be paying attention to? And where should their approach be on today's call? Um, Brooke, I'm going to start with you on
0: this one. Well, team members, I always go back to the overall culture of your team and what you can do. I always say as a team, it's our jobs to make each other look good. So be thinking today with that mindset of how you can use these things to better your team, better yourself, and to help make each other look good and in turn help that culture. Mm -hmm. Hey, Josh.
1: Yeah, I think this is a a really great call for team members to be on and you know, as far as, as things that team members need to think about. So so often, you know, people get in this business and they, you know, they think about the money, they think about how am I going to get the money? How am I going to get the money quicker? Right. And they don't really, maybe they don't know because they don't have these studies or nobody's taught them or nobody's talked to them about this is the importance of how they're going to get there. And in my opinion, the quickest path to that is, By the development and the systems that team members are going to have on a team. So, you know, team members should really be analyzing this. And when they're making these decisions, on, you know, how am I going to put myself in the best position to not only get to the financial freedom I'm looking at, but also to have the quality of life, which will be another big conversation that we'll have is quality of life and being a team member.
0: Appreciate
2: that. Thank you. So uh, Hopefully, no matter your position, I even see that um, I saw at least one recruiter on here and uh, that hopefully everybody's coming to this, no matter your position on your team or within your company, that there is value here. So really be open to learning. And as you're If you're a recruiter and you just got done listening to Josh and Brooke share with you what the team member's mindset is, how can you use that in creating messaging to attract more team members to the team as current team members? How can you take this knowledge and these results and really internalize them and think about, do I fit within that? am am I the minority, am I the majority, can I find comfort that other team members are thinking about that, and is the culture I'm in the right culture for me, or is there maybe a better team culture out there, or if you're even considering joining a team, what are some questions you would ask when you're interviewing teams out there. All right, so Let's get into it. And we're going to go right into the exact study that you're going to be given at the end of this call. Um, And this is it here. Um, Beautiful little light bulb there. But this is the uninspected impact of teams in real estate. So when this is talking about five actions um, agents, brokers, and real estate leaders can take right now, we're going to be kind of starting at the end of here. Oh, let me. Close that up there and um, embracing teams with a servant's heart when we think about a servant's heart on teams um, I know I'm just going to open this up what comes to mind to you and and Josh lead with this one um, as you think about a servant's heart so you're a team leader and most agents will join a team, as um, we're going to dig in with the collaboration. But they come in with this servant's heart. How could this help in messaging? Um, in retention, how would this open up and play out in your team when you're looking at retention? The knowledge that teams is a collaboration of people with a servant's heart.
1: Right. No this is a good question and this is where I can provide like the 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 growth right cuz um I've been a team leader for 10 years and I think for me it was it was fairly difficult to go from an individual agent to you know running my own business for 10 years to then you know being successful at that and and thinking about okay I'm creating this team um but I've done this by myself for so long and it's always been about me and It actually took me a couple of years to really embrace and understand the importance of really putting your focus on others and making sure that everybody around you is put in the right position to be successful. And then everything will come from that. So I think, you know, wherever we're at in this business, wherever we're at in this transition of being a team leader, you know, the key is to really focus on everybody individually, their, their goals, you know, their strategic plan. I'm looking at some of my team members strategic plan, and I've got every single one of my team members strategic plan right next to me at all times, right? So I can see that Scott on my team, one of his focuses this year is, you know, to invest $25,000 in retirement. And, you know, these little things of understanding what your team members want out of life, not only business, but out of life and helping them get there. If you can do that for everybody individually and then kind of mix that as the whole for the group and have everybody moving in the same direction, it becomes so much less about you and so much more about others. And there's so much, um, you know, fulfillment in that. And I I truly believe if you go at it with that mindset of the servant's heart, then you will be taken care of. And I've, I've seen that directly happen to me. And I'm very thankful for that. But it was a mindset shift. It was me overcoming the selfishness of hey, I, it's always been me. I can do everything, you know? So you have to recognize that and, and be very self-aware with, you know, where you're at in your personal, um, you know, your emotional state and, and where you need to go, you know, to help everybody around you. So hopefully that makes sense.
2: Oh, it makes great sense. And um, I want to go back to a couple of things you said. Um, and one is that you have all your team members strategic plan. Right there with you. And in that strategic plan is their dreams, it's their desires, it's also their vulnerabilities, and it's their fears. I mean, in, in a good strategic plan, you have all that. And one thing that makes you a great team leader, and for those others out there that are team leaders or becoming team leaders or your team members and you're seeking a team leader, is does that team leader have on their desk your hopes, your dreams, and your fears, and your vulnerabilities, and keep it right there? Because a great team leader uh, carries the weight of that, and they have the, the width the shoulders that are able to carry that and help you achieve and so when I think about team leaders and both of you feel this very very well it's it starts with the foundation of you have a heart to serve and you're a servant heart and I'm not talking just to clients your agents and Brooke um You know, and you you spoke of earlier, right before we got on this call about expansion teams. And this is a newer phrase that is out in the market today. Um, I'm gonna stop share as I scroll back up to our next one. Um, But I also want everybody to be able to see you larger on this. Um, Could you just describe a little bit about what an expansion team is and why it would be important for these attendees to know?
0: Yeah, I would love to share a little bit more. So expansion teams have a couple different meanings. Um, It could be whether you're expanding to a market right next to your current market. So maybe your market share right now encompasses a 60-mile radius, and maybe you have a team member or you have some client requests in the market one over and you say, Hey, that might be an easy expansion for me. Um, for me, I didn't choose that route. I went 834 miles away and did an expansion team, um, from, you know, West Michigan to the Charlotte, North Carolina area. But I think that's a whole, a whole nother idea and concept that is absolutely possible for everyone on this call. It's, possible. All you have to do is have the business plan and have everything lined up and have the foundations. I mean, I'm a little different from Josh where I was blessed to actually hire Workman Success Systems Coaching and see Verl on stage really at the one year anniversary of me being in the business. And that's hugely why I'm able to use my servant's heart that we were just talking about and dive into the team culture and be able to have that, that team idea from the get go. And it, I mean, the acronym stands that together everyone achieves more. I couldn't agree more than that and, or in that statement. And when you're talking about expansion teams and these different things, if you set up the foundation properly, you have the systems and processes in, in place to easily duplicate, it doesn't matter if you are personally expanding and moving your family or you're hooking up with an empowered champion in that new market that believes in you and you believe in them as a leader to lead an expansion team off of yours. Hopefully that that makes a little bit more sense and is a good definition for everyone. There's not one definition. It's like, not leading teams as you know black and white we can all do it a little differently in our own way which is is really neat the sky's the limit
2: that's great thank you brick um, for explaining more about expansion teams and hopefully opening someone else's ideas to another opportunity that may exist for you in your own business okay it's time for a pop quiz I just love pop quizzes, and it takes me back to my school days, which I did not love so much at the time, but I do love pop quizzes now. So I'm going to ask the question, and I want you all to get your fingers ready, and I want you to go to your keyboard and go into the chat and answer this, but what percentage of real estate agents leave the industry in their first two years after being licensed? Oh, Jeff was quick on the draw. 87%, 90%, 50%. Tony says 80 to 85. Jonathan says 75. I could have a job really as an auctioneer. Tim says 90. Jason says 80. Deb Parker. Hey, Deb Parker, my own client, says 75%. Amber says 70%. So we can all agree that a large amount of agents that get licensed will leave this industry Within the first couple of years. Now, statistically, all of you are correct. It's a large amount. These numbers are out there and they exist. So, we know when someone is going into real estate, what do they have? They have dreams, they have financial needs, they have these hopes that are within them, and they have belief in themselves that they have potential to succeed. And sadly, a high amount, 80 to 90% of them will fail. And they internalize that as failure in themselves. That's sad. And in this study, I'll share my screen here with you, was this result out of 500 real estate professionals, 81% of agents think that being on a real estate team makes them more likely to stay in the industry so 81% of agents think that being on a team makes it more likely that they stay in the industry so Brooke and Josh when you are recruiting and you're sitting down and you're interviewing potential agents for your team How could this knowledge apply and be important to share with the agents that you're interviewing with the potential agents? And these are newly licensed agents that you're interviewing. So how could you use this information? Brooke, let's start with you.
0: I think this is hugely valuable. Um, So many, and I know being a, a coach with workmen, I mean, we get pushback all the time with others that have questions about their split or what they're doing. And I think that we as team leaders need to have more confidence in our overall value proposition and us us enabling our agents or working with them with that servant's heart and, and with their personal goals and having that work-life balance and everything else to really be able to help them grow. And us seeing numbers like this should even lead more into that into that confidence. And that's kind of step number one. But I do think that educating and, and coming to, I mean, stats don't lie. And so coming to them with using these stats and letting them know that, hey, by joining us, you'll be diving and plugging into our systems and processes and our structure, and it absolutely catapults you from day one.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Brick. Josh? Yeah, so many things. Um, I like this point and I, I like this conversation just because it just so happens that every single person on my team I have, uh, has started from scratch with me. They've all been new agents and that's been a little bit more of my model over the years. And, you know, I've got Scott on my team as he's been with me for 10 years, Ross, nine years, Abby now four years. And um, I'm a little bit of a storyteller on stuff like this, because, again, as Brooke mentioned, like I did this by myself for a while. So I have those real life experiences of not having that mentorship and not having those systems and really trying to figure this business out by myself. It took me that much longer to get to a financial place that my agents can get to so much quicker. So I tell the story, I say, guys, you know, to be honest with you, you guys got in two years to where it took me seven years to get, right? And you tell these stories and uh, as Brooke mentioned, you talk about these systems, you talk about um, this mentorship, which is, which is also critical in, in the, the growth of a team and the retention of a team is a new agent in most cases is, is going to be set in the middle of hopefully a, a couple other very experienced agents, right? So, you know, the conversations that are going to take place alone, the shadowing that's going to take place alone, the practice that's going to take place, um, if I would have had somebody to help me talk through my first buyer consultation, that would have been so valuable to me. And there's all these opportunities for new agents. Like I remember as a new agent, one of the scariest things to do is try and figure out how to run a listing of presentation. You're a new agent and you're supposed to go sit in somebody's house and figure it all out. And you have no clue what's going on. And that mentorship is so valuable. And then as we talked about all the systems and the prospecting systems in the client events and the marketing and, you know, all the systems that you'll put in play to get somebody's success that much quicker, uh, I think is really important so it's near and dear to my heart because everybody started from scratch with me. Yeah,
2: I love that, And, and I'm going to say. Um, Ditto to everything both of you just said. Um, As we've poured through this study, and we we spoke on this um, even at a call prior to today, this was a stat on there that um, to me can can be leveraged in so many ways and and I think this stood out to both of you as well. And and I know both of you went and talked to your teams about this and um, got some feedback from them. But I really want the attendees here to be thinking about all the usages of just this one stat. And there's a host of stats on this study. Um, But creating posts around this stat, as a broker owner and those of you that may be recruiting, when you're sitting down considering um, or approaching new agents, whether you do presentations at real estate schools or you run wise hire ads and new agents um, come in and sit down with you, having the discussion with them that, you know, here's the industry data. 80 to 90% of agents will leave in the first two years. So you already have, you're already up against a failure rate of 80 to 90%. So that means you have a success rate of 10 to 20%. So you can either do like most of the other agents have done and go in alone and you are up against a success rate of 10 to 20% or You can go in um, as many other industries do in this internship time and the best thing you can do for your career and 81% of other agents are telling you they've achieved success they have survived beyond that two year mark, because they aligned with the team. They aligned with the community of people that like minded people that were invested in their success and helped them move on. Uh, So be really mindful for everybody here. What are some ways, don't think about this as just, um, just a step. How can you use this information to help you become greater than you were when you came on this call today? Um, any more input or thoughts, Josh or Brooke, that y'all would like to um, offer on this one specific result?
1: Well, <clears throat> I just had one thing to add because I, um, you know, in the spirit of like understanding where people's like the mental psyche of people as they enter this business, because I, I remember how hard it was. And I see agents like, and I set the expectation for people that the first six months of your business is more than likely going to be the most mentally challenging time in your business and who's you know who's going to be there when you need somebody to keep you going who's going to be there when you're doubting yourself when you're doubting the results and as a team leader and a you know as a team leader like we have to be there it's a critical time for a new agent to like get them through I've got so many examples of agents wanting to give up because they just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And they made it through that first six months because you keep talking and talking and talking and reassure them to keep focused on the long-term plan. you know, and they get there. So from a team leader perspective, it's really important for us to understand that we need to do that for these team members. And from a team member perspective, it's really important that you have that mentorship, you have that leadership, you have somebody, because there will be challenging times. That's the reality. And you need somebody to help you through that. And I think that's why the stat makes so much sense.
2: Thank
0: you for offering that. Brooke, anything else? No, I think Josh just put it, I mean, it's eloquently put, and I know we have so much to get through today. So only 22 more pages, or I'm sorry, 21 more pages to go, everyone.
2: (laughs) It's so true. So this is an interesting one, Um, and I love this question in the survey because it wasn't just about um, selling teams, you know, Workman Success is a coaching company that exists on helping people create teams and work better teams and, but they really wanted to understand what's real. What do even team members feel? What is real? What's going on? And um, as a team leader and and Brooke and Josh, as a team leader, when you read this, 62% of real estate professionals say they wish they had more specific specialty training within their own teams. So within their teams. So I want you to think about that. And, and this is a study of 500. So think about your own teams. If we were to compare apples to apples, we could logically say that there is likely 60% of your own team members that would say they wish they had more specific specialty training. Now, not really y'all because you're with Workman and you get a lot of specialty team trainings at your fingertips, but why, why is this so important to be made aware of as a team leader, that team members wish 62% wish they had more specialty training. Brooke, I'm gonna start with you.
0: Yeah, and Tammy had kind of gotten us when we were doing a, a prep call for this webinar. Um, she was asking Josh and I about this and, and we had our responses, but then we dove in deeper and said, oh, it's already, these are already team members. And so this is important to really, you know, look at and do a deep dive in. So you're not going to get me this time, Tammy, I'm prepared. Um, (laughs) But what I think is so important here, number one, you touched on it is that, yeah, any of us within Workman's Success Systems coaching and training are light years ahead already because we have so much specific specialty training. But I know as my OCD leader myself, I continue to deep dive and train my team constantly but then this just tells me to continue or grow as a good team leader I need to continue to divide up and maybe if it's if I have a training component right now maybe I need to to break that down into a couple other training components within that and so what this tells me is, Continue to train, but also break that down into even maybe mini trainings so that they do feel that they have specific specialty training across the board. I mean, we could never know everything there is to know in real estate or tell a new team member within the first year if we're talking to them every day. You don't know what well and septic issue you're going to come up against or negotiation issue. So if we're consistently and constantly training and using one another in the team and talking about sharing some of the impediments that we come across, that I truly believe is training as well. And so we do that in our daily huddles and and we're all able to learn from one another on a constant basis from like Josh was saying, I mean, stories sell. And so let's tell the stories and learn from those as well.
2: I love that. And you gave me an idea. I hadn't thought about doing a training on what are the impediments that other team members come across and let, let's have an open dialogue in and learn from each other about those impediments within their specific role. So fabulous suggestion there. Okay, Josh, what is this statistic, this um, information? What does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I could I could see how this stat is where it's at. I think, you know, in looking at the the the, um, the real estate community as a whole, um, I could see how you know some teams are a little bit more focused on you know, let's get the lead. Where's the lead coming from? You know, let's get the business. Um, and maybe a little bit less focused on the practice side of things right so there's you've really got to have a healthy balance of that because it doesn't matter where the lead came from or how good the lead is if if you haven't practiced on how to communicate with that uh, person so I can see where the stats where it's at I uh, firmly am a huge believer in practice in general I think some of the best in the world in anything that they do uh, and I'm a football fanatic i'm a sports fan you know not necessarily all sports but football fanatic since it's this time of year i mean let's be honest they're practicing 95 percent of their life for how they're going to respond in that one opportunity just like we should be practicing in you know our business to get better at how we're going to respond when we have the opportunity and you know in my team um Generally, we always have something going on from a training perspective, whether we're working through, you know, the Workman Training Center, whether we're revisiting BAMP, whether we're revisiting RAMP, Um, you know, we've taken some other, um, you know, training courses, we study disc profiles, there's typically something going on at all times. And um, Brooke had mentioned storytelling, I've been mentioning storytelling, like, just down to these unique training opportunities of how can you put your team members in the best position to win and we dig deep on this and I think I just think that's how you get you get you excel in your business that much quicker is by the training portion of it and if we're too much if we're too focused on just the lead itself and not the training then we're not going to get there as quick so that that's my thoughts on that
2: I appreciate that and it takes me back a little bit so when we met previously about this call and we pulled up um, this number this 62 percent of real estate professionals um, say they wish they had more specific specialty training Um, and to let everybody else know a little backstory I was trying to see if a certain game would work for us and so I had Josh and Brooke Right on one piece of paper, recruit, and write on the other side, retain for retention. And I would ask a question and they would go, oh, that's recruiting or that's retention. And um, they opened my eyes up to really, these are applicable in multiple areas. It's not just recruiting. Because when I first read this, to me, it was recruiting. And, um, and I don't know why my mind went there, but I thought, oh, when I sit down with someone, who is considering because they're interviewing with me so they're obviously considering a team how helpful it is for me to pull this up and go just so you know 62 percent of team members say they don't get enough specific specialty training so as you interview other team leaders out there um you should be asking them can i see your specific specialty training because i'll show you mine <laughs> Will they show you theirs, and the, I know the answer to that. They ain't going to show you theirs. I've got I've got workmen in my corner, so I can jump right into a lot of training. Um, but how helpful that is to have this also in my corner. And so when I saw this, the first thing my mind went to was messaging in recruiting. And then as we started talking, y'all brought up all this retention. Oh, duh. You just, you were so good at opening my eyes to focusing on, well, my own team members may feel they don't have enough. And so tapping in with them and asking them. um, So I just wanted to share a little bit more of that back end of this one thing here. All right, pop quiz time. Hey, so get your little fingers ready and go to your keyboard. As you are um, reading these, and we've only really gotten to two so far, and there's a host more, um, are you thinking about how you can use these questions, these poll questions within your own team to see if they align with the national study? Yes or no? Wait, yes. He is, Jeff, yes, Deb, yes, Jonathan, yes, Lori, yes, 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 so again, another way to leverage this study is these are good questions. This study, I don't even know how much it cost. I think I was told, and and I just blocked it from my mind because there were too many zeros there of this, the, the cost of this study, but the questions are genius at getting a feel and a pulse of where those were whichever position you're in, where those in your team are at. And are they also on the same level or are they in the same range as the respondents to the study? And Tony said, absolutely. Hey, Tony from CBNA, how are you? Welcome, good to see you here. All right, so um, right before this call, started josh you brought up something that um actually was moving to me and um you brought up your history and you've been in this industry a very long time and for someone who's very young you've been in a very long time and um you felt like you had, um, like there were two Josh's or two phases to your career. Could you just share that with everybody here? Cause I think it may connect with some of the people.
1: Yeah. You know, this goes back to personality style quite a bit because we all need to understand like who, who we are and work on that and really understand that because, you know, I think that, um, for, for somebody that's trying to start a team and understanding that maybe you lacks a, lack a certain skill set, right? Like I lacked patience, 100%. I lacked patience and it really, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate that my team is actually still here after what I believed, you know, I just wasn't that patient of a person. I expected everybody to know what I knew. I I, um, didn't have great leadership skills and I expected everybody to, you know, I'll never forget Ross from my team came in. He's like, Josh, I need help with this purchase agreement. I'm like, well, you're gonna have to figure this out. I mean, that's how bad of a leader I was. And I'm not proud of it, but I am proud now because, you know, these guys stuck with me for 10 years and they're great friends and to see their success Has been amazing. And that took me really having to take a step back and dive deeper into who is, you know, Josh May and what do I need to change in order to lead people for the long term? And we really all need to. Dig deep on that. And, you know, we talked about like I was a little bit on the unhealthy side, um, a lot of stress with bringing on, you know, having four young kids. And, you know, there's sometimes in life you like you have to be aware of reality. And I learned this with workmen. The number one uh, trait of team leaders is self awareness. And we all need to be aware of who we are where we want to go and what changes we're going to need to make within ourselves to help others. And I've had to work on patience. I've had to work on empathy. I've had to work on instilling um, confidence and in acknowledging others as much as possible. And you know that's been seven or eight years of consistent work and continuing to work on that is really important to me. And I truly believe that you know, that is why everybody's still here, right? That's why they've been here. That's why they stay because um, I've worked on those leadership skills. And I I feel like, you know, people people stay for those reasons. And I really think that's important. Like poor leadership skills, people just aren't going to stay around. So we really need to dig deep in that area and make sure we're working on that.
2: Thank you. Um, I do think that um, connected with a lot of people here, sometimes um, it's it's easy for and we've all been attendees and webinars to see the professionals take the stage like the two of you and think that you were just born into this role and it just naturally happened if you're just good without a lot of the struggle in the back end and a lot of the struggle over the years and to get to where you are and real quick before I turn it over to Brooke for everybody here because we want to make sure that we're answering questions that you have too Uh, you have Josh May and Brooke Signs right here. Ready to listen to you. So um, if you need um, to go to the chat bar or go to the Q&A, but post your question in. And we're going to pick a couple of those because we want to leave some time that we um, are very specifically helpful to all of you. Um, And Haley's already on it. Way to go, Haley. And actually, I'm going to have Brooke answer that one right now, uh, but keep your questions coming. We've got one more um, result from the survey that we're going to share, but we're still going to be answering questions in here. So, Brooke, Haley asked, what are other important traits team leaders should have
0: besides self awareness? So, I have to give Haley a virtual hug a second. She's out of our office here in Charlotte. So. <laughs> Hello there. And Jonathan, and I've spotted a few others of you. So thanks for being here today. Um, I will say, and I, I really do think that we want Josh. I mean, Josh and I are great friends. I truly have seen him grow over the past several years. And I I really look up to him as a great leader too. So I want him to to certainly weigh in on this. Um, from me, I feel like you, you need self-awareness, but like what Josh mentioned about having the strategic plan and knowing what's important to your team members is in professionally and personally is so important. and then I learned a funny thing that transparency <laughs> is very key, and this is something I learned the hard way, so you all can learn it from me um, but i I frequently have you know, been taught that you have to be strong and you have to, you know, put on a good front if you're having a bad day. And you know what people want to actually see our team members want to see that, that we're also real. We're human. We deal with challenges too. It's not always butterflies and rainbows. And then on the other side of transparency too, is also what does it cost to run a business? I'm sure all of you know that it's really inexpensive to be in real estate and run a real estate team, right? It's very cheap. Not at all. Right. So what I've done over time, I don't need my team to necessarily see what I'm putting into my pocket at the end of the day, but for them to have their eyes opened as to what it costs to have three full-time admin staff, what it costs to put on these client appreciation events, to pay for staging, photography, marketing, color copies. I mean, all of those little things, coaching, you know, all of it adds up and it's all a huge value prop that they should know what we're investing in ourselves, in them and in the team. So that's the biggest thing that I learned the hard way is um, not being transparent in that way.
2: I love that. Thank you. And um, you bring up a really good point that's often overlooked and that's just the um financial intelligence, the financial wherewithal. We speak of emotional intelligence, we speak of intellectual intelligence, but there is also a trait of just being financially aware and having some financial intelligent knowledge in order to be a good team leader and being able to succeed in that. Um, and Leslie agrees on that. All right, so we're gonna look at Our last finding, keep your questions coming in. And so I'm going to point you to two things here. One is number three on here. And that is, let's see if I can highlight it here. It's not letting me highlight it. But teams have a big impact on organizations and individual agents, whether the real estate organization is a local, national, or global brand. This one is huge. 89% of real estate professionals believe major real estate companies' brands should support a team model. So we know, one, that people, so when we read the stat from above, agents are interested in teams, whether that team is any brand or not. And as broker owners, The question I threw out to you at the beginning is, do you want to be a part of that consideration? People seek opportunities. Agents seek opportunities. They're looking constantly opportunities to grow, opportunities to learn. They're seeking those opportunities. Specifically within teams, the brand didn't matter. We learned earlier that, let's scroll back up here, because as you read this as a whole, Teams have a big impact, whether the real estate organization is a local, national, or global brand. People who are seeking teams and seeking opportunities, the brand doesn't matter. Teams can be successful and make a big impact no matter the brand. However, we also know 89% of real estate professionals believe major real estate companies' brands should support a team model. That's speaking, and the reason, um, so actually, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to turn this over to y'all because y'all are with a major brand too. I'm independent and y'all are major out there and we're both, um, all three of us are on teams. And, and so, Josh, let's start with you first. Knowing what you know about a team's success is independent of the brand, but yeah, 89% believe major real estate companies should support a team. What does that information mean to you and how can you apply it?
1: Yeah, this is a good question. And it was kind of, you know, it's good to reflect on this is, is um, I've seen a lot of um, shift in this conversation over the past 22 years. When I started 22 years ago, teams were very few and far between. And then I think brokers, were almost uncertain of teams. How does that work? How does that affect my bottom line? Um, But now as of late, you know, we've seen, uh, I've seen my brokerage embrace teams. They've always embraced teams. Um, I've seen Remax uh, LLC embrace teams, uh, try and help teams put team leaders and team members in the best positions to win. And, you know, the way I look at this is, is, it's pretty simple for me. Because um, as a team leader, you know we are actually trying to take some of the burden away from the brokers, right? So if we have all of our systems in place, if we've got our recruiting in place, if we're getting an agent to succeed that much quicker, that is actually less than our broker needs to do. They don't need to hop into the individual agent train. I'm not saying that's wrong. There's a great place for individual agents in real estate, but from a team leader perspective, I think that um, if, if this is done right, we're, we're helping the brokerage, we're helping the brand and, you know, getting our team members to ultimately help brokers bottom line more by recruiting them and developing them quicker.
2: Thank you. You pointed out some really good notes in there. brick. Yeah, I think he
0: said everything. So <laughs> no, I, I do think, you know, I don't think any of us necessarily, I mean, for those that are brokers and broker owners on here, I apologize, but I, I don't think that any of us get into it to say we are wanting to be a team leader to necessarily help the broker. I think it is a, as Josh said, it's a great benefit to them. And in most cases, teams that have it together and have those systems and processes in place do often come off as more professional, whatever brand they're with, because they have set systems and processes to follow. And I will say that it all is up to the broker owner. We all have probably been with broker owners that haven't been great. And it could be some of the big brands. It could be some of the boutique brokerages. So it's all up to that person and, or, you know, that model that those franchise owners or whatever it may be to really encompass and, and surround the teams and give them support and guidance to, you know, lending back to Josh's because it does help them in the long run as well. Mm
2: we're going to jump right into this and share this with everybody here so you can get your qr code as we wrap up a few final thoughts and i'll make it bigger for you Um, but scan this qr code for one the team study that we were just looking at a free dsh habits tracker is creating a team right for you this is um, a questionnaire where um, there's some leading questions. This would be also good for recruiters to have, to sit down with people that may be top producers in their team, I mean, in their brokerage or top producers in other brokerages to sit down and, and ask them a few of these questions to qualify them. Are they ready to start a 10? And then 10 things to be on my team checklist. And if my memory serves, I believe this was something that started by Jim Knowlton. Is that right, Am I getting that right? Um, I want to make sure I give credit, well credit is due, but um, this is a 10 things to be on my team checklist, which is also really good for team leaders in recruiting and in onboarding new agents to their team. But thank you all for being here, especially thank you to Josh and Brooke and for taking your time and being willing to share your thoughts and your knowledge and your suggestions and I hope this was helpful for everybody out there. Um, If you need to reach any of us. Oh, Audrey Slay said, thank you. That's my daughter. Audrey, thank you for being here. I didn't even catch you were on here. I'm a bad mom. I love you, baby. I will see all of you later. Um, And Josh and Brooke, I will see y'all in a couple of weeks in Salt Lake City. Same to you, April and Megan. Thank you.